This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Wow. We just got blasted in the studio. There were some mics in, or some speakers somewhere. I don't even know where they're at, Alan. All I know is they were like on 10 level. It is Saturday night. We are going to party hard up in here. <laughs> hey, welcome back um, to the show. Yes, thank you. It's, it's going awesome down. Yes. What have you been up to? All kinds of stuff. <laughs> I know. If you guys don't know, I got Holland Davis in studio from Calvary Chapel, San Clemente. We're going to be taking live calls tonight. Uh, I'm going to give out the number. It's 888 uh, 564 6173. It's been a minute since we've been live because I've been touring, but we're in studio tonight and it is going down. I do want to plug something because we've been touring all over the world with the Whosoever's Kill the Noise tour. Um, you know, God's been pouring out his spirit, like as in, like we, you know, we come from the Calvary Chapel movement. So we read the scriptures, we hold tight to the scriptures from Genesis to Revelations. And, um, you know, I take the scriptures literally, like when you read it, if it says it happened, it happened. And what I've been seeing is the gospel is just coming to life. The book of Acts coming to life. You preach the gospel, signs and wonders follow. As we've been going on the tour, we are seeing um, just God just encountering people, salvation, massive amounts of salvations, people getting filled with the Holy Spirit. We're seeing people get healed. We're, uh, you know, just seeing God move in a, a powerful way. And the stories I've been coming back with, Holland, you know, I'm telling people, and even though they read the Bible, they know the Bible, they could tell me about the Greek and the Hebrew words and all this stuff, they still look at me kind of dumbfounded like, wait, this is happening? And it's because I don't think people have really seen uh, the move of God for, for a long time. Yeah. And so I decided that instead of just telling people about it, I was like, I'm going to take a videographer on and actually document what's happening on these tours from here on out. And you know what? Not only that, we're going to do premieres. So our first premiere for the Whosoever's Killed the Noise Tour is going down at Calvary Chapel Golden Springs in Diamond Bar, California, on Sunday, March 15th at 5 p.m. So, the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour video premiere. It's about, it's gonna be about Puebla, Mexico. It's gonna show on tour. It's gonna be like a, the best way to explain it is I want to show, uh, Basically, just like what the book of Acts would look like, you know, in life form yeah. happening in 2020 right now. We're going to be talking about scripture. We're going to show it actually happening, coming alive. And I wanted to activate, uh, the, I would say this next generation, but I want to activate the old and the young mm -hmm. because God is moving right now in 2020. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And um, I think there's a lot that God wants to do with people, but we have to... Uh, we got to get activated. So that's what this is about. I want to invite pastors, youth pastors, uh, you know, youth, adults, everyone. Come one, come all. That's why the movement's called the Whosoever's. <laughs> Whosoever's from bums the presidents, rich and poor, roll on down for the video premiere Sunday, March 15th at 5 p.m. We're going to not only 
uh, be premiering this video, but we're going to give you a little taste of what the Kill the Noise tour is actually like. We're going to be giving out free product. We got Riot the Raccoon out there, our mascot, um, causing a riot there. We're going to have food trucks. It's going to be a party. We're going to party. We're going to have a good time. We're going to premiere the video, and we're going to do ministry time at the end and see what God wants to do in our lives individually because God is a personal God and he wants to touch you personally and speak to you personally Mm -hmm. that night and activate you more importantly with the power of the Holy Ghost. So March 15th, Sunday at 5 p.m., Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs in Diamond Bar. Come one, come all, get there. And besides that, um, yeah, (laughs) I'm, you know, I'm so pumped about this, this video, um, Holland, you know, we've been meeting at your church on Sunday. Uh, when do we meet there? We meet there every other week on Tuesdays. The second and fourth Tuesday. And we've been meeting there, and you've been doing a, um, it's almost like what I would call it is, uh, it's it's like an activation um, uh, night where people come, and you teach on the work of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys pray for people, and you just activate them and, and answer questions and the, mm-hmm. and the whole thing. It's like a, it's like a little discipleship class. The second and fourth, fourth Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday every and Calvary Chapel San Clemente. Yeah, yeah. My friend Roger Charles, he kind of leads that ministry, and it's kind of been an interesting thing. When when we started, all I knew was when I came to Christ, it was a radical transformation. It was a, it was a power of God moment, and then when Lonnie Frisbee prayed for me, it was another power of God moment. My life was never the same, and things just started happening around me and and God would start speaking to me and I just thought this was normal everybody everybody experiences this but found out really quickly from people that not everybody hears God that way not everybody does that and it makes you wonder why 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 can't they hear God like that you know he's he wants to reveal himself as we've been saying God is a God of revelation so God wants to reveal himself to us because he wants us to know him Right, and he wants to he wants to use us to let other people know who he is, and mm-hmm. and um, and we were talking earlier today, you know, about how, you know, the whole idea of evangelism it's it's a power encounter, it's an encounter with power, it's not an encounter of ideas, it's not an encounter of, you know, conversation trying to convince someone to believe in Jesus, it's when you have a radical encounter with God who is alive. Mm-hmm. And that encounter, in my case, it happened through, I just, I just felt the presence of God in a radical way and I heard an audible voice. Mm-hmm. But in other people, it's they receive a healing from God or they receive some kind of a touch from God or mm-hmm. God does something powerful in their relationship, their marriage. It's a power encounter. And so your whole movie is about that. It's about people coming and ex- having this encounter with God and then they walk away. They can't explain it. I have a question for you. This is for the listeners. Do you believe that it's everyone's call in life, according to the scriptures, what Jesus called everyone to do, to be active and empowered by the Holy Spirit, to just reach people and to lead people to the Lord through the operation of the work of the Holy Spirit? Well, you know, it's interesting because Jesus sent out the 12 Mm -hmm. and then he sent out the 70. Mm -hmm. But then when they were confronted with with a person that they couldn't heal— Mm-hmm. Jesus got angry with them because he said, how long am I going to be with you guys before you finally get this? You know, and so 
the implication is that, yeah, there is an expectation that every believer, everyone who is a follower of Jesus, anyone that represents Jesus, is going to do the things that Jesus did. You know, Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you're going to receive power. And that word power is dunamis. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that when it talks about in uh, the book of uh, Corinthians and Romans where it talks about the gifts of the Spirit and it mentions those who are workers of miracles, Mm -hmm. it's workers of power, those who minister in the power of God. Well, we look at Acts and it's the power of God fell upon the church and 3,000 got saved. So when I look at power and dunamis and all that sort of thing, you know, Jesus says you're going to receive this power to be a witness. Then I look at the tie in between evangelism and power. There's always, it's always a display of God's power when someone comes to Christ, when they get broken out of jail, out of the darkness and they got brought into the freedom of the light. And that's a responsibility that every believer has. It's not something that we can just, you know, kind of think, okay, I'm a believer now. I'm just going to go to church. I'm going to, you know, have coffee with my friends and call that fellowship. And I'm going to, you know, and if we get really deep into fellowship, we'll have pizza too. You know, it's (laughs) like, that's not, that's not what the Bible calls, you know, fellowship and all these sorts of things. It's this exchange of life. I mean, if you think about, the creator of the universe, as me as a believer, he now lives inside of me. Jesus lives inside of right. me. And that means that he wants to minister to that person I'm standing next to in line. Yes. You know, when we were in Atlanta for, I was teaching at a worship conference at Sandy Adams Church in uh, Calvary Chapel Stone Mount. Is that where you were? Because I was, I was trying to figure out where you were through Instagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was Sandy Adams. Church. Sandy Adams, Yeah. And uh, I love Sandy. He's he's great. Um, I call him the Prince of Preachers because he he just has these this way of putting messages together that's just so it's just so really cool. Yeah. And um, but we're going. I said, you know, they said you want to go get something to eat. I said I want something local. I want to like get me something that is like only found here. So they took me to this place. It was Atlanta's best wings. I don't think it was true. But um, they, you know, they took me to this place and we order our wings. As as I'm sitting there, I'm just looking at this person behind the counter and the Lord just starts talking to me about this person's life. Mm -hmm. And and so after the order was done, I just leaned forward because I I didn't want to embarrass this person. And I just said, you know, I see this over your life. I see the word overcomer. And I says, you've had to overcome some pretty radical things in your life. And um, and God wants you to know that while you were going through all that stuff that you were going through, there was actually someone praying for you. It was one of your, I think it was your grandmother was praying for you. And, and she was interceding for you. And God brought you through that. And he sent me all the way from California to tell you that he brought you through that because he loves you. And he wants you. And he wants you to know how much he loves you. And she just starts crying. She goes, oh, I need to give you a hug. And she can't, you know, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. But... You know, that was a power encounter because the enemy wanted to destroy that person's life. And yet God comes in and brings the light, brings the truth, mm-hmm. you know, and the same thing happened. I sat next to a Jewish lady on an airplane and is that on the same trip? Yeah, on the same trip. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm just talking and she asked, what do you do? I said, I'm, you know, I'm a pastor. And she goes, oh, I, I don't go to church or anything like that. So she's totally an unbeliever. Was she uh atheist or just not, not a, just not practicing, just not a practicing, not practicing Jew. Yeah. 
And so the Lord just began to give me some insight on what was going on in her family. And she, so she started to share a couple of things. And I said, this is what's going on. And she's like freaking out, you know? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, well, my, I have this therapist and they said this. And I said, well, they don't know God. Yeah. So how can they tell you what to do? You need to, you need to hear from God. I said, you have, it's your book. You know, he, he wrote the book for you. Yeah. It's your people's book. And I, then I began to just quote out of the Old Testament about God's love for her. And she was like, wow. She goes, that's amazing. She goes, I remember hearing those scriptures growing mm-hmm. up. I mean, mm-hmm. would my rabbi know about this? I said, I don't know if he would know about it or not. <laughs> but you can go ask him. And I said, and I, you know, eventually gave her my card and said, you know, send me an email. Let me know what's going on, you know, what God does. Yeah. But it's like, it's again, it was a power encounter. She's yeah. married to a Hindu. And so, like, now we've got all kinds of, you know, uh-huh. spiritual things happening. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's the reality of it. You know, I don't think as believers we understand that God doesn't see things the way we think see things. We see things in the physical, mm-hmm. but he's looking at it from a radical spiritual standpoint 100% and then when so like whenever you go through and and you're reading like we're in Exodus right now and we're reading the plagues and that sort of thing and God keeps saying over and over to Pharaoh I'm doing this so you will know that there's no other God like me in other words so that you'll know there's only one God Mm -hmm. and in and throughout the world when you think about it there is only one God there's not like a thousand gods out there. You know, we have this idea that every religion has their God. And, coexist and all yeah, that. Yeah, coexist and all that. But from God's perspective, there is only one God. And he created everything, including all of the demons, all the angels and the ones that were fall- fallen angels, which mm-hmm. are now demons. Yep. Which includes Satan's, which are all these others, what people call gods. They're not gods. They're demons. Right. They're worshiping demons. So when you start— Well, hey, well, really quick, as you go on, but as you were talking about Hindu gods, or you are talking about that one girl's married to a Hindu, have you ever seen the Hindu gods? Those things look like straight demons. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, like, they're so scary. They're like got like heads hanging from the side of them, their tongue hanging out. I mean, they look— I mean, Like a pretty, thousand arms. Oh, yeah, know? exactly. Like all that stuff. And then there's like <laughs> millions of them. I mean, that stuff's— those are some terrifying gods to be worshiping. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, and that and that's exactly what God keeps saying. Yeah. Like, why are you worshiping something? First of all, it's not a god, so they're they're lying to you. And second of all, they're ugly. You know, why not worship the one true and living God, who is not only beautiful but beautifies? So you know, like all these young women that are. Really, they don't really realize it, but they go into pornography or they go into the adult film industry. Mm-hmm. What God are they worshiping? They're worshiping the God of Molech. They're worshiping the God of Baal, Baal or Astrid or, or Diana. They're worshiping these gods that have been around, you know, since they were created. And, um, and they're, they're, you know, yeah, they're getting something out of it, but they're going to lose a lot more than they're ever going to get. Yep. Because they're going to lose their life. Because these gods always destroy people. They always destroy the things that they take advantage of. Because that's their that's their whole purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy people. Mm-hmm. These uh, these idols, like these these gods that you're talking about, just going back to the Old Testament stuff. These are just for the listeners that maybe don't know about Old Testament stuff. These are the gods that uh, people used to worship back, back in the old days, like Molech or Ashtoreth or uh, 
Um, what are some of the other ones? Like there was the God of Pleasure. Which was, who was that? Was that Molech? Um, Ashtoreth Baal. Uh, Ashtoreth was the god. Uh, they would worship th- having like orgies. It was yeah. like the sex god. Mm-hmm. And then, th- then um, when they would get people pregnant, then they would have, uh, you know, they'd pass the babies through the fire and worship the god of Molech. Right. And they'd have the drum circles and they throw the baby into the fire and burn them alive. And that's the way they would worship the god of Molech. Yeah. And it's all these different gods. Like nowadays, we don't we don't admit the gods we worship. No. But they're. If you know they were more honest, I've heard Chuck say they were more honest back then. Yeah, of who they worship, but we're still worshiping those those same gods. If we're going out watching pornography, we're worshiping uh, um, uh, Ashraf, and then if we go get an abortion, we're worshiping Molech. Yeah, same concept. And Baal is the god of power, and and so when you come in and you're operating out of trying to get ambition and power and might and success yeah. and all that, and so yeah, these gods still control people's lives still today. And so when the gospel, you know, when someone hears the gospel, mm-hmm. there is a radical power encounter that takes place. And so like as you're going out and you're just telling people who God is and what he does, and you're telling them what he wants to do right now, you're announcing, that's what an evangelist is, a herald of what God wants to do. God is here right now and he wants to do this. Who wants in? Yeah. And then, and then it comes down to a power encounter. Where whatever is inside of them that doesn't want them to have life is going to do everything in its power to stop them from responding to that life. And, um, and I see it all the time. And I even, unfortunately, you know, I even see, um, believers that go through that same struggle, you know, where they don't fully believe what has been done for them. They don't fully believe that they've been forgiven. Yeah. They don't fully believe that they've been set free. They don't fully believe that God has empowered them to walk in freedom with the with the Holy Spirit. And so they will battle with unbelief and they'll uh, they'll listen back to the old voices that yeah. are calling them back mm-hmm. instead of fully embracing the the truth that they're you know, they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that it's, they've been set free. It's almost like uh, the people of Israel when they left Egypt. They keep looking back at the world. They, they keep looking back. They keep listening to the, the things of the past when Jesus is like, I want to get you through the desert and I want to get you to the promised land. But most believers, they stay on that desert experience and they keep hearing the, the voices from the past. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's like a stronghold or something. Yeah. And, and it's kind of crazy because how do you explain to someone the goodness of the promised land when they're in the desert? Yeah. I mean, how can you eat? Well, there's like trees there. Well, there's trees here. Yeah. Well, but these are really nice trees. Well, these trees are okay. Yeah. It's like there's no, they, they don't have in their mind the capacity to see. And, you know, a lot of people operate from the belief that I have to see it in order to believe it. Mm-hmm. But the gospel operates different. You have to believe in order to receive. You have to believe it in order to see it. When you believe and you trust God, when you, uh, when you say yes to Jesus and you end the power struggle. Mm-hmm. By saying yes to Jesus and surrender your life completely to the Lord Jesus Christ, all of a sudden your eyes are open and you see what you never could see before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting that um, there are several people. I think there's several people that get stuck in that, and I think it's just because they haven't fully surrendered and went all in with God. They're constantly still, you know, when we sit, when we hear, when we're talking about them, like listening to the voices of the past, it's almost like people that are like that spiritual yo-yo or that double-minded man, like in James, they're still digging into the parts of the world. They still want pieces of the world, 
but then they want Jesus and they get stuck in the middle so they can never be set free because they never actually do a clean break in full surrender and deny self and allow God to actually move in their life and to transform you. Because when I gave my life to God, I I was just like, dude, I'm done. Like literally, I'm done. I don't want anything anymore. I want everything from God. And I just went after God and he had to do that cleanup process in me. But I wasn't still like going back to the things in the world. I was like, I'm done with that stuff. And that's the only way you could do that clean break. You know, because most people, I mean, not most people, but there's a lot of people that just get stuck in that that desert experience. Yeah. And that's their whole Christianity. Imagine that. Wow. Dude, that would stink. Yeah. And, you know, it's crazy. I, 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 I did a teaching called The Journey of Grace, which begins with, you know, you're in Egypt. And really salvation is God delivering you out of Egypt. Yeah. And then the wilderness was really to be a, a point of sanctification, of growing in your knowledge of God. Because there's three really essential things that happen when Israel went through the wilderness experience. The first thing is they learned to be led by the Spirit. You know, God led them by the fire, yep, you know, true. at night, the cloud by day. And so they were learning how to be led by God. The second thing is God instructed them on how to worship. You know, God gave them the tabernacle and said, this is, this is what, this is how worship is supposed to happen. Taught them how to worship. And then in that also, he taught them the way to salvation because the, the tabernacle is all about the plan of, of, about the gospel in, in 3D. It's the gospel, you know, presented. And then the third thing is, um, they learned to trust in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he had to provide with the manna from heaven. Yeah. And the water, you know. And they saw everything. Oh, and their clothes. Yeah. They would some clothes for. Which would probably bum out a lot of ladies, you know, because it's like, you know, no, no, no Nordstrom rack, you know, or anything like that. It's like you got the same outfit for like years. I wear the same clothes every day anyway, so I w- <laughs> it wouldn't even be a problem with me. If it's black, it's good. Black is the new white. But the thing is, is like, but then, you know, Moving into the Jordan, into the promised land, represents being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, as you, as, mm-hmm. so they were baptized, you know, at yeah. salvation, but then moving to the Jordan, filled with the Holy Spirit. And now, with the power of the Holy Spirit, they're to take the land by faith. You know, and so God's already driven out the enemies. He said, I'll drive out our, your enemies before you. All you need to do is go get the land. Go physically occupy it. Go physically take it. So with that said, you know, the story goes on to say that when they were looking over, they saw the giants of the land. And that's symbolic, obviously, for like people, you know, in the Christian walk when they're in the desert. Like what are those giants to people in, in the in the desert? Like a, like a Christian that's living in the desert. They see like there's just too much I have to sacrifice. Or- right. Well, the thing with these giants is that they – now for, keep in mind, God already said, I'm driving out all of the enemy. Yeah. It's all done. But they don't have the trust. These giants were things that they had seen Mm -hmm. before they stepped into the land. So how I look at that is, you know, before you're filled with the Holy Spirit, before you really have that relationship with God that is, you know, um, moment by moment and God is speaking to you and you can look at the promises of God as things that are unattainable for you. It's like, I, I can't see that. I don't get it. Those things don't seem like God can actually do it. 
But when you, by faith, receive the Holy Spirit, when you, by faith, begin to step into yeah. what He says, and you, instead of making the promises fit into your life, you actually match your life to the promises. Yeah, you know, which is which which is a whole transformation process right there. You know, as you begin to say, okay, this this promise said that God is going to do this, so I, I'm going to believe that that's true, and I'm going to step into it. You know, you've been doing that in your ministry as you've been going out, and you just trust that the Lord said signs and wonders will follow, so I'm going to preach the gospel, and now signs and wonders are going to follow. And guess what? Signs and wonders are following, yep. and because you believed, and you're stepping into that belief. And so and I hold on to that verse a lot too. You know, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah, he does. Well, then he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. So we have nothing to worry about. No. And so it the a lot of times what I find is these giants aren't real. The things that we think are such huge barriers aren't real at all. I mean, we just experienced this in the opening of our church. We just finally got into our church building, had a big building dedication. Mm-hmm. It's the first time Calvary Chapels had a building in San Clemente, you know, that's going to have Calvary Chapel. On yeah, that's epic. Thing. But the whole way, you know, I'm standing on a promise because God said, I'm going to establish this church. I'm going to do it. And so as we're going through it, I'm, you know, initially began to look at, uh, all the difficulties, and I allowed that to overwhelm Giant, me. Giant, yeah. Yeah. The thing is, is once we got into it, God dealt with all the difficulties. He dealt with all the giants. You know, the biggest giant for me was, uh, and like what I tell everyone, you know, we all have a love language, and my love language is cash. And so, you know, as we're going through all of this, I'm looking at the cash going away. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, God, you must not love me. You must not be with me because everything's just drying up. And But the Lord was doing something in me. He was saying, do you believe my promise? Not what you see, but you do, do you believe what I've told you? Mm-hmm. And what I thought was my biggest giant, which was cash, I was literally at a point where I was going to kind of resign. I was going to say, Lord, maybe you have someone else that the people will want to support. And... Um, I had written in my message, you know, kind of like, you know, I'm going to have to get a job, you know, in order to take a burden off the church. I'm going to have to do all this stuff. And and so um, I got up to speak, and the Lord just confronted me and said, whose church is this? And I said, it's your church. And he says, great. Then I'll make the announcements. You say nothing. And I said, absolutely nothing. And I had to stretch my message by 20 minutes because I had 20 <laughs> minutes built in for my know. resignation. <laughs> and um, and so literally, I'm going on the way home. My mom calls me on the phone. She goes, we had a really big offering, you know. No way. And then we're going to a baby shower. We go to this baby shower. Guy walks up, gives me a huge check and says, the Lord just told me to give this to you. And then that week in our midweek study, um, God, uh, we don't even do an offering. Yeah. We don't take an offering in our midweek and, and on Thursday nights. And there was like a huge check in the offering box. And in like three days, God had provided everything, everything we needed and more. And when the when the when I learned about the the one on Thursday, the offering box, the Lord said, "Do not ever doubt my word again." Yeah. He just said, "Do not doubt it." 
we cannot live by the natural. God works, operates in the supernatural. Yeah. Like the Lazarus thing, right? Remember, he goes, you will see God's glory if you believe. And he goes up to the tomb and he says, remove the rock. And they're like, they're talking to the natural realm. No, no, it's going to stink. He's dead for four days. And he's like, dude, you walk by faith, move that. And I'm going to show you what the supernatural does. And he raises him from the dead. But we get so stuck on that stupid rock. Yeah. The natural realm. Hey, we're going to go to break right now, but I do want to plug something before we go to break. I have Holland Davis in studio, Calvary Chapel, San Clemente, and we are doing a sick, big uh, a movie premiere for the Whosoever's Kill the Noise tour. We've been touring for four years, and we are seeing God move in a powerful way. So now I've been taking a, a, took a videographer to film and edit and show what God is doing. This video is going to inspire. It's going to activate. It's going to show that the scriptures are alive and that God is working just as much as he did in during the Jesus people movement and even all the way back to the beginning of time. The Holy Spirit is being poured out once again and God is moving and we've documented it and uh, we want to invite you guys to the premiere. It's the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour movie premiere Sunday, March 15th at 5 p.m. at Calvary Chapel Golden Springs in Diamond Bar. It's at my dad's church, Raul Reese's church, Sunday, March 15th at 5 p.m. in the evening. We are going to give you guys a kill the noise experience. We're going to have Riot the Raccoon running around, driving everyone crazy. Uh, We're going to have music blaring. We're going to have product giveaways, food trucks. We're going to party. We're going to... We're going to just see uh, amazing things that God did on this trip. And then we're going to even do some ministry time uh, after to pray for people and um, just pray that God will touch people's lives. So we invite you guys March 15th, 5 p.m. at Calvary Chapel, Diamond Bar. Get there. Watch it. Just give me the seconds. More Live with Ryan Reese coming up. Everything all right? Call now. 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag Live Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say... Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. That's right. We're back. I got Holland Davis in studio from Calvary Chapel, San Clemente. Hey, Holland, I want to plug that Tuesday night thing you got cracking down there that we go to on... on uh, it's the, the second and fourth tu- uh, Tuesday of every month. Yeah. And and give a little uh, breakdown. What, what What's cracking down there? Well, it's, you know, it's really kind of a training, um, discipleship kind of thing. My mm-hmm. friend Roger Charles, um, who was with me at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa when I was on staff here, and he was my bass player. And uh, so we do some worship, and the worship is sweet, and it's just awesome, very spontaneous. We don't stick, you know, to the rules of worship. We kind of go off the page. And then um, and then sometimes he'll teach. Sometimes we'll just get right into praying for people. And, uh, and then usually we end up giving words. We end up, you know, seeing every week we've seen people healed. It's been, a, it's been something that's just happened. I've been there. I've seen it. A lot of uh, the Hoosers people, we go there. We've seen it all happen, and uh, it's a great activation uh, point to get uh, to if you want to go to that next level with Jesus. If you're tired of just reading the Bible and and knowing about it, 
um, and you actually want to read the Bible, know about it, and actually live it, this is the spot yeah. to go. There's more. There's more. You can actually live what you're reading. Yeah. And that's what this is. Uh, that's what this class is about on Tuesdays, every other Tuesday at uh, Calvary Chapel San Clemente. And actually, this video premiere, I was just plugging before the break, the Who Servers Killed the Noise, Sunday, March 15th at 5 p.m. at Calvary Chapel Diamond Bar. We've been touring the world, doing these tours, and uh, we're, we're seeing God move in a powerful way. So we want to... We're showing this video to activate, to disciple, and to launch you guys. Um, come down and get expi- get inspired and uh, bring the whole crew, whosoever, from uh, rich to poor, bums to presidents. Come one, come all. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to open up the phone line, uh, 888-564-6173, 888-564-6173. Uh, we're going to be taking calls, and uh, we're going to go ahead and take uh Line one. How you doing tonight? Oh, okay. I guess uh, we need to get some more uh, phone lines in here. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, here, let me give out the number. Did you hear that? 888-564-6173. 888-564-6173. Give us a call. Holland Davis and I am in studio and we're going to take calls about um, whatever you guys want to talk about. So bring it. All right. Hey, right before the break, Holland, you were talking about how God just, um, he was, he just provided, you know, you, you got caught up in the, in the natural realm, which is the, the unbelief. Right. It's uh, going back to what we were talking about before the break. It's being um, in the wilderness experience. And that's the place where you get sanctified, where God does the cleanup process. Uh, you learn how to worship God. You get that relationship with Him, and then you get that trust with Him. Mm-hmm. But then you start looking at the uh, the promise that He wants to take you to, and that's like that spirit led life where He starts uh, moving and shaking in your life, and like you you the spirit led life is that life that He created you for, right? And that's when He pops you right in there, and that's when you really start living. But then you see you hear about these giants in the land, and you think, oh, there's no way uh, I can do these things that God is. Put laid in my heart or promised me because you get caught up in the natural realm. Yeah. But God operates in the supernatural. God is in the business of doing, making the impossible possible. Right. So we got to get out of that whole natural realm thing because he operates in the supernatural. Yeah. He, it's kind of a funny thing because when we let God lead us and when we like put our, when we put all our fears aside, when we put all our, you know, all, all of the things that make us question if we're hearing God and we just trust. We just begin to trust. Now, sometimes you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, there's, I've made plenty of mistakes where I've trusted God. I thought I heard God and then I found out it wasn't the Lord at all. You know, there was this one time where, um, uh, we were praying at a Thanksgiving kind of a outreach, you know, we're feeding people that are coming and there was a guy and I, and he, I asked him, do you know the Lord? He could barely speak English. And, I, and he said, no. And I said, well, if I could show you that God was real right now, would you receive him? He's like, yeah. So I just prayed, okay, Lord, just hit him with your Holy Spirit. And nothing. And nothing happened. Nothing happened, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, I thought you said to do this. And so I told him again, and he's, and I was like, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm waiting. And, and, and nothing. And nothing happened. And I was so discouraged because I thought, man, maybe I don't hear the Lord, you know? And yeah. then I went and I, I heard a testimony about, 
um, a Smith Wigglesworth where he was praying for someone that had a um, asthma, and he and this old lady that had asthma, and mm-hmm. so she, he punched her in the stomach, and the as and he she got healed. No way! Yeah, it's it's in his book. Wow. And then uh, I was hearing Lonnie Frisbee preach, and he talked about how he had read that story. He was in South Africa, and the Lord told him to hit this old lady in the stomach. Punched her in the stomach. I don't recommend this at all. Yeah, and by the way, we we're not we're not <laughs> yeah, we're not recommending we're not pushing this. We're just <laughs> no. talking about yeah. what was in a book here. Yeah, and so and, and so <laughs> don't punch any old ladies just for the record. Oh no. <laughs> and so he said this lady gets healed, right? So my friend has back problems mm-hmm. and he comes to the Bible study that we're doing and he's like, Hey, I've got these back problems. Would you come and and um you know, just kind of, you know, whatever, you know, pray for me. And so we took him in the back room, started praying for him. And I just said, I just really fed, feel led to do this. And so just kind of go with me on this, you know. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And I, I, I fisted, I doubled my fist, and I just punched him as hard as I could in, my, in his back. And he did not get healed. He, <laughs> he started screaming. And he's like, what did you do that for? And I said... I just thought God told me because that was not God. So, so you know, I mean, you you get these things where you think, okay, God is talking to me, and you learn through those mistakes, you learn through those experiences that, that wasn't God. So yeah. God doesn't do that. Yeah, God doesn't move in those ways. He yeah. has other ways that He moves. Yes, you know, and so it was. It's been a journey to learn what that is, and through experience, through getting to know God, walking with God. Mm-hmm. Knowing his word, especially just when, because he he reveals himself to us through his word. Yeah. So when you see how he operates in scripture, and you go, okay, that's how he does it. Exactly. You no, know, he doesn't do it this way. He does it this way. He doesn't. I don't have to read a book. I don't have to go to a seminar. Yeah. You know, I just read the scriptures and I do what it says in there. And as I've done that, God has always come through. And that's yeah. That's actually I'm. That's cool that you said that because you know there's a lot of stuff on on. YouTube and different platforms and stuff can get kind of get real wacky, you know, just stick to the scriptures Yeah, and it's all there. It's all there. And that's the way God is. It's his word. And, um, I've seen from what I've seen, it's always backed up in the scriptures, Yeah, you know, and it does. And then you keep it safe from being weird or anything like that. Because I mean, I'm all around basically non-Christians the majority of my life and no one wants any weird, stupid stuff. You know, that's. No, but they want real. They want real, exactly. Yeah, when something real happens, yeah. they're all over it. Yeah, exactly. And so like this, like I, I was talking- I'm take line two when you're oh, done. Yeah, I was talking about this Jewish lady oh, yeah. that I was talking to. She was wanting the real. And when God began to speak mm-hmm. into her situation, she re- she realized that, oh, wait, something real is happening here. I yeah. need to pay attention. And, you know, she didn't end up praying to receive Christ, but she definitely left- with the sense that there is a God who she didn't know who wants to know her. Yeah. And now she knows that he's he's alive and he's real. Dude, that's amazing. You know what I do when I meet Jewish people like that that are that are not believers? I always connect him with Nathan Robinson over in uh, New York because he was he was studying to be a rabbi. You know, he grew up Jewish and then he saw my dad's movie and became a Christian. But Wow. So yeah, there was a Jew that saw me speak in Florida at this church. Um, and he came up to me after and he was like, I'm Jewish, da, 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 but I'm very curious about this whole Jesus thing. And I connected him with Nathan and he ended up giving his life to Jesus because he walked him through all the Old Testament and, you know, all the prophecies and the whole thing. So dope. So dope. Wow. All right. Awesome. Cool. Um, let's go ahead and grab a uh, line two. Zachariah. Yo.
Hello. Let's see what's going on here. Okay, here we go. I can hear you now. How you doing, buddy? Okay, wait, hold on. You're going to have to speak up because I can't. Um. All right, hold on. That phone, I think we heard the... Uh, the announcer? The announcer. Oh, awesome. <laughs> All right, we're going to wait for uh, Zachariah's phone call. Um, they're trying to get everything ready over there. But, um, yeah, dude, uh, what was I going to tell you about that uh, that Jewish guy? Yeah, so he was very curious on the whole Jesus thing. You heard the scriptures, broke it down very simply, and, you know, the, the Holy Spirit just started moving on him. But he did, he, when you talk to, like, a Jewish guy that has that, that background of, of uh, growing up, you know, in Judaism, mm-hmm. they need that, that background of scripture. Well, they know the scriptures. Yeah. So and, you got to tie it all together. But they don't know that the scriptures are real or that the scriptures can be experienced. And, you know, one of the things that I'm learning as we're going through Exodus is it is completely filled with experiential words. It's not a book of that you believe. Uh, it's not a book of thoughts that you believe. It's not a book that you study for education. It's a book that you experience. And so God, as, as he is revealing himself to Pharaoh, as he's revealing himself to man, mm-hmm. it's, he's revealing himself through these experiences that people have. Mm-hmm. So he shows himself as the God who is greater than your sickness by healing you. He shows you that he is the God who is greater than sin and death by raising people from the dead. Mm -hmm. He shows that he's the God that is greater than all the gods that promise success and life in this life by by blessing you in ways that you can't, you know, you can't even create, you can't even duplicate. Mm -hmm. You know, I I look at our house, you know, we pay fifteen hundred a month for our mortgage, which like I can't even rent for that. Mm-hmm. But that whole thing happened through a miracle. God provided a miracle. It was something that the bank called us and said, this is a once-in-a-lifetime program. And, you you know, for somehow we're calling you. And we're like, you already turned us down like four or five times. Mm-hmm. He said it has nothing to do with it. Then I go to my church. I tell the story. And the lady's saying, "That's that could not have happened because <laughs> yeah. we were just told not to do that. And she worked for the company. No way. That's, yeah. See, yeah, God does that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it was totally out of the realm of the natural. Yeah. You know? And so here I am. Now, how do I know that I'm supposed to be where I am? Because God's given me a place to live that's less than what the rent is, you know? Yep. In the area. So God just works in those supernatural ways, and we need to expect him to do it. Yep. Because unbelief is the only thing that, the human logic is the only thing that will, not the only thing, but that will crush the the um, the miracles faster than anything. Yeah. Just like the, the human logic. No, it can't happen. Yeah. Well, you just stopped it, you know? It's that unbelief. All right, we're going to try and take this call again. We're going to take a call tonight if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hello. Hey. All right, we did it. Yes. We made contact. What's up, man? What's good? What's up, dude? I'm so happy I got on. Ever uh, since I started watching your show, I was like, man, I'm going to call and I'm going to get on it. Dude, that's um, sick. What's well, going down? Where, hey, where are you from? What, what city? I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm technically in Illinois, but right outside of St. Louis, Missouri. Right on, man. That's dope, dude. So so what's good? What's your question? Yeah, so I just want to give a quick testimony and i'm just thankful for your podcast and like specifically this one talking about signs and miracles because you know obviously a lot of people you know that are christians don't necessarily believe that it happens 
But um, so quick background, like I grew up in church, you know, I was raised in church and then fell away. And I uh, started with my own life. I was smoking weed since like 12, so about 10 years. And um, so about like few, uh, 12 weeks ago, I was coming across like videos on YouTube about people like getting healed and whatnot. And uh, I was like, man, this is crazy. And I came across this guy's channel. I was like, I wonder where this guy's from. So I look him up. Turns out he lived like 30 minutes from me. Mm. I'm like, sweet. So I look him up on Facebook and message him like, hey, I want to go out with you. So we go out and uh, just pray for people to get healed. We got like two clips of people getting healed. Like one guy, he couldn't lift up his uh, arm past like his chest. And we prayed for him. And then he just like stuck his hand up in the air. And he was like super surprised. And then uh, another British guy that was, said he was an atheist, said he had a headache. So he prayed for his headache to go away. And, like, he was just laughing because he couldn't even talk because he was just shocked that his headache went away. Um, Dude, that is so like, dope. That, yeah, so at that point, I was, like, smoking weed every day, drinking every day. And uh, we went back to my friend's house that I met, and he, like, seen the weed in my car. And he's like, hey, man, like, why do you have that? And I explained to him, you know, I've been smoking and drinking. He's like, well, do you want to be free from that? And I'm like, yes, like, I've, I've been trying to get free from this. Like, I, I, I tried quitting on my own, but I couldn't. And uh, so he prayed for me to be free from addiction and just be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And right then and there, I gave my life to Christ. And that was like 12 weeks ago, just been walking with the Lord. Dude, that's see, and awesome. that's, see, that's only what that's only what God can do. Exactly. Because if you're smoking and drinking weed, you know, almost every day or every day, like the way I was. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you just get set free. It's That's the power of God because besides that, I mean, I'm sure you probably tried quitting many times and uh, yeah. useless pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I actually made a video and put it on YouTube of me kind of explaining that. Um, but another miracle, so I had a dream that I prayed for a guy at a gas station for his leg and he got healed. And so one day I was at the gas station pumping some gas and this guy pulls up next to me and I watched him like walk in limping with a cane and the guy in my dream had a cane too. So once I see him, I was like, boom, I need to pray for this guy. So, and this was like by myself. So, so wait, what'd you do? Did you walk up to him and be like, Hey man, uh, can I pray for your leg? Was it like that? Yeah. It, so, so he comes out as like, and I kind of like, you know, like washing my windshield, like just try, trying to get up the courage to like talk to him. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, Hey man, I'm like, you know, uh, if you don't want me asking like what happened, he's like, you know, I've been paralyzed in 16 or I guess partially paralyzed. And I'm like, what? And so, and he's like in his forties now. And I'm like, well, yeah, do you care if I pray for you? He's like, man, he's like, I've had people pray for me. Like nothing happened, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you know, nothing happens, nothing happens, like no big deal. I was like, it'll take like two seconds. So he's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so I put, I asked him like exactly what happened. He said he got stabbed in his back by his girlfriend at 16 and he'd been paralyzed. Oh my, oh my gosh. So, yeah. <laughs> and so um, I'm like, all right, cool. So I put my hand on his back. I was like, I, his name was Paul actually. I was like, thank you God for Paul. I was like, right now I command this paralysis to get out and everything going on in your back like be healed right now. So I like held my hand there for a second and uh, asked him like, "Do you feel anything?" He's like, "Yeah, I felt like something go in my back when you did that." He's like, "What?" I was like, "Try and walk, try and walk." So he starts walking without his cane, <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" And so he, I'm like, "Can you normally like walk like that?" And he's like, "No." I was like, "That's crazy." And so he's like, "Man, he's like, I used to like go to church and stuff, but like I seen people close to me like get killed, and I'm like, man, that's the enemy trying to use that to keep you from God. Like, yeah. this is him right now." telling you that he wants you back and uh i'm like keep walking keep walking so he keeps walking 
So he goes to get in his car and realizes he forgot his cane on the other side of his car. <laughs> without his cane. Dude, that's <laughs> and, uh, amazing. So he walks all the way around, grabs his cane, walks back, and didn't even use it. Well, you know, you know what's dope. You know what's dope is uh, about when God heals people or touches people's lives. Is it, it always points back to to Him, mm-hmm. to salvation, and that the Bible's real and that God loves them. Exactly. You know, it's not like uh, yeah. you know when I talk to people, I tell them, you know, it's not like we go pray for people and and let them just go, you know, hey, you're healed, go. It's like. Okay, you get healed. Well, guess what? That means that God's real. He loves you. He wants to forgive you of your sins, and then they accept him. Because we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, someone that, we don't want a sinner that's, that's, when I say sinner, someone that's caught up in addiction or sin or something that's destroying them. They get healed, and then they just keep sinning because that does nothing for their, their life for eternity, you know. They're, they're on the highway to hell. So it's always, right. a signs or a wonders always leads to going, hey, guess what? Now you know Jesus is real. Receive him. Receive the Holy Spirit. And now go live the life that you were created for. And that's, you know, through the scriptures, that's basically all, all through there of what's, what's happening. So, dude, hey, I just want to say keep going for it. God's hands on you. And that's what this is all about. That's what, you know, we're trying to do with the movement is not what we're trying to do. What we're doing is we want to encourage people that what they're reading you can live. That's what God's called us to live. It's all there. The instructions are there, and um, that's where the Christian walk get it gets exciting. It's not just a bunch of knowledge, but it's like not just words, but power. Jesus says, "He says the kingdom of God is not just word, but it's power, and it's us knowing the word and operating the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's what we were created for. It's the Great Commission." So, hey, I want to thank you, man, for giving us a call, yeah. and. Uh, Thank you for uh for having me on for fo- following the movement and 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 uh, joining us on the shows. So we love you, man. Take it easy, brother. Right? Trying to get you in some schools over here. Hey, you 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 get us there. We'll be there. All right. All right. Sounds good, man. All right, man. Peace, man. Awesome, boy. Dude, that is so dope, man. That's I love awesome. those calls, man. That's so cool. He's doing it. Yeah. He's doing it. And, and I like what you said because, you know, so often people get just caught up in, oh, God just did this incredible thing, and then they drop it. Like, you know, that's that's where it ends. But, you know, that's where it really begins. That's just the beginning point. It's like now they know God is real. Now they need to know, like, okay, now that he's real, what are you going to do about it? You got to yeah. surrender him. But also you got to follow him. You got to follow him. There's discipleship that needs to be happened. Yep. Um, I instruct our guys about that all the time because they'll pray for someone for them to come to Christ. And I said, well, what what did you do with them? Like, where, what church are they at? Where are they at? Oh, I didn't ask them about that. That's like, well, that's important. I mean, yeah. now that they've prayed, they need to get connected to a community where they can grow, a community that teaches the Word of God, that practices the Word of God, you know, so you have the Word, and as you said, the power working together. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to give the number out, uh, 800, uh, no, not 800, it's 888-564-6173, 888-564-6173. Got Holland Davis in studio. Um Oh, we're 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 getting close to the uh, to the end here. We could go another two hours. <laughs> let's just let's just take the radio where let's yeah. just tell them. Let's just keep running it. <laughs> hey, I want to give a shout out to all the radio stations uh, that have picked this up. Um, now we are on 111 stations from LA to New York City, 
and um, we're working on more. Just uh, God keeps opening the doors. So I want to thank everyone that's been um, broadcasting this across the, the, the nation and the YouTubes and Vimbios and and all that stuff. Uh, that's what this is uh, all about. So I'm going to... I'm going to go ahead and grab one last call before the break. So um, here we go. Let's see. What's up, Grayson? How you doing, man? What's your question tonight? Doing good. Thank you for taking my call. Um, yes, this question is obviously relevant to what's being discussed tonight, but um, also referring back to something, Ryan, that I heard you say um, in a sermon a long while ago about um, when you explained that God would not heal you or do a miracle for you. Um, if God believed that doing so wouldn't advance his interests in, in some way, or that him doing it would, would, basically, would, would basically result in, in you not favoring him enough, or that he wouldn't be getting enough out of it, is sort of the essence I got. I don't know if you recall that, that particular um, ser- uh, sermon. I don't, I don't recall that exactly, but I do know that... Um, the, like when you pray for someone, it's God's doing it to reveal Himself that He loves people and yeah. to bring attention to Himself. Um, yeah. So my question yeah. here really is: How do you know that God favors you? Uh, pres- assuming that you're that you're saved, which in my case I believe I am. Um, it, um, how do you know if God favors you or trusts you enough? to give you a miracle? Is there a way of knowing? Because I constantly have that doubt in my mind that maybe God doesn't want to give me the miracle because he doesn't trust me or something. Okay. Or that he's trying to do something. To All right, we're gonna, we got two minutes left, so I'm going to go ahead and answer this. Holland, I'm going to let you rip through this. You have one minute. Okay. What I would say is God's heart is to reveal his love. God's heart is always to heal. Jesus healed everyone that came to him. And so that little bit of question you have, that little bit of doubt, that's actually unbelief. That's something, whatever you've heard has caused you to wonder if God actually will do it for you. And that's what the enemy would want you to believe, that God may not want to do it for you. And he may, you know, you might believe that God could do it, but he doesn't want to do it for you. And that's what the enemy wants you to believe. Yep. And I'm here to tell you that God loves you. And he wants you to experience everything, every blessing that he has. One hundred percent. No, yeah, that's that's the, that's that's the enemy trying to deceive and make you irrelevant to what God wants to do in your life. He wants to keep you in the um, in the desert, like we were talking about today. Like he doesn't want. He's saying you can't go to the promised land. God can't trust you in the promised land. No, God can do whatever He wants with you. So I would suggest that you just keep going after Him. And if God leads you, step out by faith. You have nothing to lose. Like Paulin was saying before, you make mistakes sometimes. You pray for people, things don't happen. Who cares? You just keep going for it. And I want to invite everyone to the premiere before we end this show. We're it's going down on March. 15th at Calvary Chapel Diamond Bar on Sunday night at 5 p.m. We're doing the Whosoever's Kill the Noise video premiere about, uh, it's going to show ministry, active ministry, the book of Acts coming to life right now at Calvary Chapel Diamond Bar 
on Sunday, March 15th at 5 p.m. We're going to have food trucks, product giveaways. Um, at the end, we're going to do like a little question and answers uh, thing. It's going to be awesome. To inv- um, I'm going to have the whole team there as well with the whosoever's. And then from there, we're going to actually do some ministry time after and see what God wants to do as he will be touching people's lives personally that night. So come out, come one, come all, Sunday, March 15th, 5 p.m. at Calvary Chapel, Diamond Bar. And don't forget, we have the Whosoever's app. You could uh, download it for free. It has all the past radio shows, all the subjects. We have products. We just came out with a brand new slip-on shoe that everything supports our high school tours. So get online, download it, and we love you guys. And uh, tune in next week. Peace. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.